give people a real glimpse into some of our struggles. Gant, Matt, Pat, and Liz, Ben, Stutz. It doesn't feel like a podcast to me with these five. These are conversations that we're just having. I think they're all just bangers. What's up, guys? Keaton Turner here. Uh, another episode of Turner Mining Live. I've got Thomas Hahn on my right. Yeah, hey. The guy that normally keeps me out of trouble or tries. <laughs> we got one of our own today, and uh, I would say he's one of our best. He's a guy that's been with us almost two years now, uh, so one of the early guys. And uh, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a project manager for us. He's been superintendent on some of our big projects uh, out west and out east. And now he's sitting here in the office live in the flesh. Matt McClellan, welcome. Thank you, guys. So I'm going to put you on the spot. The very first question. I feel like you're someone who is normally pretty calm and collected. You know, I come to the sites. Your site's always running pretty smooth. Uh, you produce results. The clients are always happy. I mean, you're somebody that's got it figured out, right? No. Why do people think you're a jerk sometimes? Oh, because I don't think that's a secret, right? So I no, think sometimes you wear it as like a badge of honor, right? <laughs> and then the more I wear it, the more it goes away. Yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> yes. get new people to your site, and I can I can already hear like the the you know the back channel communication. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Matt's side. I've heard this guy's a total jerk. <laughs> Why? What's up with that? I, it's got got to be expectations. I don't I don't know. Everybody get away with everything, so it's not. I mean, I want to have fun and. And, you know, do all that too. But, like, we have a job to do and we're going to get it done. And those things are going to be clear. And some people can't take that. It's accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. Well, I um, I would say young people in general have a problem with accountability. I think we've, yeah. we've started to see more of that. But it's, it's funny because I said just a second ago, you produce results. The clients are happy. You know, your projects hit their marks, whether it's production or financials or whatever. You know, you I, you rarely see citations from MSHA or anything. I mean, you are you, you do a great job, but there's this thing where people and I and we've seen it with there. It was a kid we were talking about just a second ago. And I won't mention any names, but he left the company because you know he was on one of your sites and things didn't go his way. He didn't get his shot. He didn't get a run. I don't know if he was running the the production hoe and he wanted to be a assistant project manager. I don't know. But he left, and he looked at you as like, well, this guy wouldn't let me do my thing. I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and to me, that was an accountability thing, right? He blamed everyone else but himself. Yep. I, how, how do you adapt to that type of behavior with young kids who see this Instagram stuff, <laughs> and they want, in three or six months, they want to be the guy that's running the whole thing? Because there's a lot of that. And I'd love for them to be that too. I mean, that would ideally be the situation, but I'm not going to compromise how I feel the standards should be held because of their feelings, yeah. uh, you know, and I try to tell them that in a manner that, you know, it's not, I don't try to be a jerk, but I let them know, like, look, this is the standard. And these are the things you're going to have to do if you want to get there. And until you can do those regularly, it's just not going to happen. I owe it to you. I think that is the actual answer. Yeah. The answer isn't that even kind of like the accountability thing, I think people feel pressure, real pressure to deliver when they know that they have somebody like Matt who is actually managing that project. And when you feel real pressure to deliver, 
you got to step up. And then the moment you don't, people start pointing things left, pointing things right, instead of pointing at themselves. And that, that I think when people hear the rumor that they're going to Matt's site, it's, oh boy, it's big leagues now. I got to step up. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's, you see all these older guys in the industry, right? They've been doing it for 30 or 40 years and they look like just, they just look wore out, you know, <laughs> and they are the jerks, right? Yeah. And you start to, understand the more time we spend in this industry, Mm -hmm. why they're that way, right? They've had to deal with people and their lack of accountability for years. I mean, you know, you know, you know, some guys, I won't, again, I'm trying not to mention any (laughs) names. It's hard to do. I almost said some names, some of our clients, you know, you're like, man, why is he so upset today? (laughs) And you look at the problems he deals with every day in people that, Play the victim. I talked about that last week. People that play (laughs) the victim and have a victim mentality and don't want to be held accountable and don't want to go after goals. They'd rather blame someone else. It's, I can understand why people get mean and grouchy, you know, after 20 years in this business. Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the biggest things I had to learn coming up. And that's why it's such a big deal to me to get that into other people because I was the arrogant guy that I, nothing I did was wrong. You know, if I had a crappy load counts because my truck drivers weren't doing any good or my foreman didn't know what the hell he was up to, you know, and yeah. it was always somebody else. And then I realized I hit this plateau and I was like, why am I not going anywhere? And then you start talking to the guys that are and that was it. It's like, oh, well, you know, we can't trust you with that because all you're going to do is blame one of the 10 guys underneath you. Yeah. And so what good is it to have you in charge? If I want to blame them, I'll just blame them myself instead of have you do it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny when you look at people who – are happy, are successful, have gone places, and their mindset, Mm. their mindset's totally different. Steve Harvey's a guy that I love. He's awesome. I love his mindset. He's telling people, you know, normal people don't sleep eight or nine hours a night. You know, they sleep six or seven, they get up and they work. It's, It's wild when, you know, you talk about the things that you've talked about with, you know, results, accountability, all that. I think that's the missing link for so many people. I think it's a mindset thing. It's uh, a mentality. Um, man, I, I don't know. This is going to be a fun one. Matt, um, we should probably go back and give a little <laughs> bit of an introduction instead of starting off with why you're a jerk. <laughs> um, but I had to do that. That was a fair point. <laughs> yeah. Super, I know there's a lot of people out there that have worked for you that are fist bumping right now. Um, They're probably not wrong. Yeah. So... Let's go back. Give me a two-minute rundown. You've been with us for two years. Um, you know, you started with Albert in Tennessee, which is Albert's <laughs> employee number one. He's, he's one of those mean old gruff guys we talked about earlier. <laughs> I learned uh, that firsthand. Yeah. Um, but before that, I mean, you've been around for a while. You're, you're, you're younger, or you look younger than you are, which is a good thing. You don't want to be younger than you look. Um, but tell us what you've been doing, what led you here, and what it's kind of been like over the last two years. It's been, you know, a lot of different changes for you. Yeah, well, I started out uh, at a high school running equipment at a landfill. Well, I didn't start running equipment. I started as a laborer picking up loose paper. So uh, that job probably made me appreciate everyone I've had since then. Loose paper mm-hmm. at a landfill. Hopefully the, not toilet paper. Uh, it is what it, what it, whatever it was, you had to pick it up. So you tied trash bags to your belt loops and walked around and picked up all the loose paper. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> 70 bucks a day. 70, you got paid per day? Per day. How many hours did you work? 
just, <laughs> just as many till, as it took till the day was over. Yeah. So, okay. um, but stuck around there after high school and got a chance to run equipment. And then for some unknown reason, I went to California to see my aunt or something. And, uh, I started living there and found a mining contractor and I liked it cause they just had bigger equipment than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and then started doing that and been doing that pretty well ever since. I had a, like a two year break. I worked for cat when the economy was real bad, which was a great time to get into sales. Yeah. Um, and then I worked for other mining contractors, uh, J.D. Edwards, McLaughlin, you know, yeah. a bunch of Southern California guys. And then I uh, moved back home to Arkansas, went to work for a mine operator and did that for a couple years and just realized never going to get ahead making Arkansas wages living in Arkansas. So, yeah, it's probably a great place to hunt and fish. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I, I love Arkansas. It's pretty quiet. It's wild, though, you know, driving through Arkansas. How many counties are dry in yeah. Arkansas? Which I don't know if that's a just a Midwest, a South, I don't know. Southern thing. There's it's a, a Southern Bible Belt so, thing. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I grew up right on the border one, so we had like a hundred thousand square foot liquor store right there at the first exit off the county line. <laughs> well, they probably have to make up for all the other counties that uh, you know don't sell anything. Well, there's yeah. a college in the next county, so you can imagine the traffic on like a Thursday afternoon oh, or a oh, Friday. Sure. You couldn't get off that yeah. exit. Wow. Sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So what's it been like? You know, you came, I don't even know, you'll have to tell me, I don't even know how you got here or heard of us or any of that. It was pretty much off to the races for you, though, once you got here. What, what's that look like? So I followed you, I started following Wit and then followed the company and then uh, followed you as well. And I just got fed up with where I was at because it was the same thing when I got there. Oh, we're a family and we take care of our people. And then you get there and it's like, it's just, it's not what they say it is. It's, yeah. You know, you know, if you know you might an engineer degree, then you know you'll be my boss someday. Yeah, right. you know, and right. it just wasn't the culture I wanted to be around. I've always been young, move up quick, and then not be able to do that with other people was was quite concerning. So I saw what you guys were doing. I reached out to Patton. He uh, oh swiftly that, offered that was, offered me an operator's <laughs> position. And, that was when he was interviewing. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And then, uh, <laughs> so, Did Patton tell you how old he was? No. When he was interviewing you. No, he didn't. He okay. probably spoke with a real deep voice, didn't he? <laughs> Try to. I remember being surprised. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was you know he was eighteen job. back then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what did what did he what like we should ask like what did what did he even ask you? He was looking for operators, so he was just asking me what I could run, and I was like, well, okay. I haven't run equipment in a couple of years, but I can you know I can run this, run that, I'll do whatever. I was I was to the point where I was at. I just wanted. I wanted something different and I'd follow this long enough to know like that's worth a try. Yeah. Even if it goes, I'll end up right back in the same spot three months from now and be looking for the same job I'm looking for right now. So, and so what was he placing you into? Co-operator. There we go. He was, you were pulling down a slope in Tennessee from a, I don't know. Were you scaling high walls or you were pulling down a slope loading trucks? I forget what you were doing. A little bit but of it was both. for Albert. Yeah. Right? Albert called me one day. I'll never forget it. Albert called me one day and goes, man, I think you guys got a good one in McClellan. And I said, oh, yeah? You're a hoe man? He goes, he goes, by God, he's smarter than me. What's he doing <laughs> running a hoe? So, yeah. You didn't stay in a hoe very long. No, but surprising to hear that Albert said that. Yeah. I heard well, about other things. but Yeah. He, I think there were some other choice words in, in the comment it was a good experience <laughs> yeah but albert's one of the best so after that we did we send you straight west yeah i think you actually came out you and dylan came out there and we talked for 30 45 minutes and you were like yeah we're gonna send you to california 
I don't remember if I was covering for Travis, but it was like a short-term thing, which when I got hired, I told Patton, I'll go anywhere. I just don't want to go back to California. (laughs) (laughs) And then Keaton comes out and sends you directly to California. It's the promised land, right? (laughs) It's where the work was at, so that's where you go. Well, the site that you went to, you were there for, man, it was almost two years. I mean, you've been here for two years, but it was probably, what, a year and eight months, six months, something? I I did eight weeks in Nashville area. Or yeah. six weeks in Nashville, went home for Thanksgiving, and then straight out. So I was out in California until what was it? April, April first. Yeah. I went so to New York. Yeah, that's like twenty months. Challenging site, um, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, it's you're you're one of those guys that you know you hope when you hire people. I there's buckets, right? You get lucky. You get unlucky, and sometimes you get what you expected. I think we got super lucky with you, yeah. especially hiring you as, a, as an operator. Well, and especially patent hiring you. I mean, those those are early days, early but, days. you know, there's probably people listening. They're like, okay, well, wait a second. How did he go from an operator to what I would consider, you know, one of the most talented people that we have on the team? Not on the staff, not like on yeah. the team yeah. in general, people would ask what's different about this guy i'm big on results mm-hmm. and i think you know Patton, he's one of those guys super smart kid absolutely whiz kid way way out of his league um he's big on results and i think we when we sent you to california it didn't take very long to see results and it were it, you know it was results on the production side it was results you know you would you were sending us reports we didn't even have as a company <laughs> you're like hey guys have you thought about your cost per ton this way and if you route your trucks like this i mean it was stuff that a company should be thinking about and not to say we were just completely blind or complete idiots i mean maybe we were but you were you were making us think about things that we hadn't thought about and you've continued to do that uh, even when we didn't have processes in place, you know, you put in plenty of hours every day. I don't know how many hours you worked in 2019. You worked a lot of hours, oh, yeah. which equals a lot of money. Yeah, but you, worked, you worked a lot of hours. <laughs> but even all the hours you worked, you still found time to go above and beyond your job description. I yeah. didn't ask you, hey, Matt, calculate this or that. You know, send yeah. me the financials for your project. You know, I've I've got it all. But... What I would say is when you were doing stuff that no one asked you to do and go above and beyond and produce things and make us in the office think about things that we weren't thinking about, yeah. to me, I mean, that, that is a fast track to go somewhere. You know, whether you're a business owner or an employee or a brand new truck driver, like, you know good truck drivers, right? People, the truck drivers that can anticipate what's going to happen whether it's the next cut or where the excavator's moving to or what the dozer man's going to do, people that are doing more than what they're getting paid to do are always going to go farther, you know? And you've seen it with your people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's usually the precursor. It's always the guys that are putting that little bit extra in or thinking about things in a different way or bringing you ideas, even if they're wrong. You know, I tell guys all the time, I don't care if you're wrong. Tell me what you're thinking and we can work from there. Yeah, but if you never tell me what you think and you never make any decisions, I can't help you. Well, there's some people that believe, and we Thomas and I've had this conversation a lot lately. There's some people that believe I'm only going to do what I get paid to do. Yep, 
You're never going to do much. No more, no less. I'm, yep. You're paying me for this. That's what I'm going to do. Yep. And it just, it almost breaks my heart for that person because you look at anyone that's ever been successful, they didn't do just what they got paid to do. No. They did so much more. They probably did four people's job and got paid for one person's job. I mean, Patton's a great example. You look back, and he's one of the people that has kind of ridden with <laughs> us the longest and made it through all these crazy waves. Like, the dude is probably doing three people's job today. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's somewhere in the world. I don't know where he's at. I think he's on the East Coast, probably doing three people's job. And he's one example. There are other examples. But, yeah. man, to me, it's, it's crazy simple. Do more than what you're paid to do, and you will go places. And I, for me, if someone asked me what's different about Matt, because people have asked me, I'm like, man, the dude just go, goes above and beyond. I'm doing air quotes. Goes above and beyond doesn't fully describe it. Correct. There's a lot of people that go above and beyond, right? They'll they'll clean tracks and they'll help somebody else clean tracks. So they'll you know they'll get the last load of the day every day. It is getting more done than what you're paid to get done. Doing that every day for a year or two or five years, like. It just adds up, man. So where did you pick that up? Like, did somebody give you that? Did somebody, like, is that from your family? Like, tell me, like, how do you, because I agree with Keaton, like, it's 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 the thing that separates kind of the wheat from the chaff, right? Like, but but you got that somewhere, so. Before you, I, hold on, I got to open my soda. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he said soda. Um, but you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't. You don't just all of a sudden wake up someday and you start doing that. So there's got to be a backstory. I think it started when my rise to arrogance ended and my confidence got like, I just got super humbled, you know, hit a point in my life where nothing was going right. And it's like, what can I do to create more value to make sure I'm not let go or that I get more opportunities or whatever it was. It was just out. And I love the business. Like, I'm super curious about this stuff. No one taught me how to do that. That's me <laughs> yeah. sitting on a computer all night long working through Excel formulas and trying to figure out what yep. I need to get there and, you know, begging estimators for bid sheets <laughs> so I can get my cost. And, you know, it was just more out of curiosity. And it's like, well, if I can use this information to measure this, so can, you know, you guys are, uh, okay. you know. Yeah, a, learner, a learner's mindset. Yeah. It, I mean, you, the people that are hungry to learn every day, Yep. And you were always asking Dylan or always asking Patton, man, send me this info. You know, what's this haul truck cost us? What's this person make so I can put it in my sheet? Like you, I think we're hungry for knowledge. Yeah, it's one thing to love the industry and all that. You were dealing with a lot of BS every day. <laughs> I know how many people you had working for you. I mean, you had 75, 80 direct reports. That's a lot of people. You had a learner's mindset. And we're not all blessed with a learner's mindset. Some oh. people, you know, it takes a real, you know, some people are just naturally more lazy than the other. But you said something a second ago, I want to go back to it, because I, I think it's probably the coolest part of your story. You said nothing was going right. This was, um, what, this was probably early 2019. Mm-hmm. You were out west. Um, you're one of the people that, I love every part of your story, but this is the part I love the most. You had made some life choices and had done some things that weren't, I know you well enough, they were not your character. And you were just in a spot, you did some things, but tell me what was going on. 
tell me what your mindset was like before, during, and after. Because I remember the conversations vividly. You know, what was all that like for you? How did all that transcend from where you were to where you are? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the best part of the story. I'm trying to think of how to get there. How did you get there? I mean, what what led? Were you just because there's a, there's another guy I talked to one of our guys this week, and he's mentally burnt out. You know, he's been working a lot, a lot of hours, and we'd recognize it a little bit, but he's just mentally spent. Yep. Yeah. Well, I that was definitely something that was going on. I was prioritizing the wrong things, and I am terrible about taking care of myself and. My whole life, like, I, instead of going to see a therapist, I just drank, you know, and, and that was just always the route I took, and I would go into these little holes where I'd realize, oh, I'm going down the wrong path, and I'd fix it, but I wouldn't really fix it, because it's like, oh, well, I'll be okay this time, and I just, yeah. it kept going in the cycle, but every time, that bottom just kept getting deeper and deeper, until finally it got to, you know, bottom enough for me, and um, I did some things that, you know... I'll never be proud of. I mean, and I'm kind of glad they happened because I had got an opportunity to, you know, change the course of my life from there. Um, I didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, I didn't hurt myself, you know, anything long-term. And so in reality, the consequences probably weren't what they probably should have been. You know, I remember having to call you. Yep. Called Dylan. Yeah. Told him. Called Ryan. And then I called you. And that was just, I screwed this up. You might, you may never found out about it till a year later. And that thought crossed my mind. I, I promise you. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to get, I need this job. I'm going to have to save this money to get through this. Yeah. But at the same time, like you've always been fair to me and I didn't want to live in that box anymore of, you know, oh, I'm not that person. Oh yeah, I am. And I was, and that, and that's what got me there. And then it was just a decision. Like if I'm going to move forward from this, like I got to start fresh. Like I got to tell everybody the truth. I got to get exactly what happened why it happened and what I'm going to do to change it and then do it. That was the other part. And that was a, a long, <laughs> I mean, the road's not over yet, but it's just, yeah. it's a long road and it's something that you have to, I think about daily. Well, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you said I could have maybe not told you, you might not have ever found out about it. How many people would think about actually doing that, right? They, they do something, they know they can get away with it. They know they did something wrong, and they're just going to sweep it under the rug, yep. pretend it never happened. Like, to me, and this is, the, this is why this is my favorite part of your story, like, you took it head on. I remember, I remember you called me and told me, and, and we're sitting there chatting, and I'm like, bro, the only way past this is, like, head on. Yep. Like, you know, the truth, the honest truth. I mean, you know, we've had, Thomas and I have had to make some hard decisions here lately, and with some certain people and man, you just, you just got to give them the truth. You know, you've got to tackle these things head on and it's just, it's another chapter in the hopefully very long story, the long book that we're all writing. But man, I don't think you would be, I don't think you would be the person you are or where you are. Had that not have happened. I agree. You know, I think you would have just been kicking the can down a road had that not have happened. I'd have just been playing the same cycle. And that was the thing that kind of made the decision of what I was going to do was like, there's the regret of it. Made a bad decision, made a mistake. Yep. 
feel like shit about it. I regret it, but it's like if I'm going to be the person that I know I can be going forward, like this has to get out. Like I have to talk about it. I have to let people know what happened. I had to sit, I don't know, probably 45 people down at that point in time and tell them what happened. And But yeah. that was the only way forward because if I'd have kept that in, it just I think things would have spiraled deeper and deeper and so you're the guy, right? You're like you're the you're one of the faces of Turner Mining. Then you're you're running our most important project, and you have to take the biggest slice of humble pie, and and tell people, you know, hey, listen, I'm human. I screwed up. For the people that are listening that have screwed up or are living a certain way, like to me, you're a different person now than you were. Oh, absolutely. Like you're just a different person. I think a lot of people that work for you. When they worked for you then and worked for you now, they would say, oh, yeah, the guy's a different person. I mean, you call Ryan Bailey. You know, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget Ryan. And you know Ryan, I trust him like, like a brother. You know, he called me. He's like, dude, something's up with Matt. And this was, this was leading up, and he's like, something's up with Matt. I'm like, what are you talking about? The guy's a rock star. You ask Ryan about you now, there is no, I mean, yeah, he's still going to say, well, he's a jerk sometimes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's, he's, he's pretty hard, you know. He's got these expectations, and he expects you to live by them. But, but I, I can speak for Ryan, and I know I've got a ton of faith in you. I know uh-huh. he's got a ton of faith in you. How do you make that mental shift, though, from where you were to where you are? Because to me, it's a different person. I think it was just reevaluating everything and understanding because going through the first part of that, you start understanding how your decisions affect other people. And, and then you start seeing it at work or at home or in relationships. And then you can start evaluating that going, okay, now I know why people don't like me. Yeah. Like, I can't act like this. And it was just, it started there. Like when I made the decision, like, you're not going to go down this road anymore. I had to face a lot of things. And some of that was how I treated people, um, my anger issues that I had, you know, I'd let things get to me and I wouldn't talk about them, let them fester until I got to the point where I'd blow up. And that's why I was the person everybody thought I was because I was, that's what I was doing. And then once I kind of got that out and learned how to like deal with myself, I got better about dealing with other people, but I had to do that first because I would go through like happy go lucky, you know, spots where everything was good. And then, you know, Kate hit the counterweight with a rock and I just lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I mean, is that still something you struggle with? Are you, are you happy go lucky and then stuff you're like, Oh, wait a second. I got stuff building up. I can feel it. I'm going to lose it on somebody today. Like, is that, is that still there? You just figured out a way to deal with it better now? Yeah, no, it's, it's still there. I still get those like flashes of anger. The only difference is I don't say it. I'm like, you know, I have the awareness most of the time. This is not a foolproof plan. Yeah. <laughs> it still comes out. It, it has, but it doesn't any much anymore because I'll stop and go, is this constructive? Yeah. Is, is what I'm going to say to this person going to help them? Or am I saying it so emotionally that it's just going to go in one ear out the other and I'm going to be an asshole? Yeah. yeah. And 90% of the time, my instant reaction, going to be an asshole. Yeah. It's just, it's the way it is. So it's the stop. Take five, ten minutes. I know you take some more time than that, but forty-eight hour rule. <laughs> but do that, process it, and put it into a a form where it's going to be constructive for the person you go to, and it's much more effective. Yeah, because me yelling at people doesn't accomplish anything. But me going to a guy and say, "Hey, when you did this, what were you thinking?" Because I need you to do this next time. So let's skip that step. Or, "Hey, man, I, I saw you do this, but instead of doing that, you know, just trying to lay things out." 
in a more constructive manner. Because me saying, hey, you've effed up, you know, you've messed this up, you messed this up, that doesn't do anything. It's taking the time to think about it and present it in the manner that it works for people. Yeah. It I, doesn't always, but it, it does better than screaming at them. I wish, I wish uh, like nothing else, I could take 10 minutes. I have, I have a rule where, because I'm, I'm a lot like you, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I have anger problems, but I have expectation problems, and I expect a lot. And when things don't go the way I expect, I, I get I get angry, you know, and I try to be a good Christian guy. And I got an email last week, and man, it was just not what I expected from one of our what I would consider one of our trusted partners, one of our vendors. And I, I, I immediately slacked Thomas and Jake, our equipment guy, and said, "No one respond to this email because there was a bunch of people on the email." I said, "I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond. Give me a little bit of time." And I'm sitting here steaming, getting ready to type out what was probably a very non-Christian <laughs> response to the issue that was going on. And I remembered my 48-hour rule, and I waited 48 hours. Monday, this was on a Friday. Monday morning came around, and I said, well, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to let it work itself out. But for me, I've recognized over the years, I mean, my, you know, my family's full of really hard-headed people. And really passionate people. And those are good things sometimes, but they're really bad things sometimes. And so I've just recognized in myself, man, I, I wish I was more like Thomas. It's really hard to get him super upset. Like, he lips out for a birdie. He gets mad, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I do. But that's because it's myself. Yeah. It's because yeah, it's, it's um It's one of those things where you've got to recognize in yourself what do you need to do to, you know... Be the right kind of leader, whether it's a team of four people or 400 people. Blowing up and letting your emotions get the best of your response, it's just never worked out for me. I like, you said something, and I actually want you to kind of dive into it a little further. You said, how can I make something constructive for that person? And I think that's an interesting flip because most people think, self first, right? And you're thinking the other person first, kind of by doing that. How, how are you trying to make it constructive for them? Like, what are you, what are you looking at that's making you say, okay, that person needs A, B, or C? Well, I mean, typically most, uh, you know, most of that stuff has to do with work and it's just, I have expectations, you know, like Keaton said, it's an yep. expectation problem. I have expectations of the way things should be done. And when they're not done that way, on whatever scale that is, determines, you know, my initial reaction. Yeah. Yep. Um, but my job is to help those people. It's not, you know, I, I don't get any satisfaction out of, you know, getting upset about it. But what I do get satisfaction out of is, like, watching these kids grow, you know. And we've seen some of them that have done really well here. And, and you know, being a part of that, not taking credit for it, but just yeah. being a part of that, it's that's more important than anything else I do. So I try to think about it in that context, you know, um, I don't know how many well, times you, have you told me Keaton, if I ever want to move up, I have to replace myself. I, I was <laughs> so. just, I was literally just getting ready to say, I mean, you've lived through firing and having to, to deal with new people so many oh. times, you know, especially as a young company, we, you know, I always tell the story of Albert firing the whole crew and then rehiring a whole new crew and having to start from square one, it's just not a fun process. I'm a huge believer in if you want to move up, train someone to do what you're doing, hopefully better than you're doing it, and 
you fit into a new role somewhere. It's really hard for me to move Matt McClellan from a project manager at site A over to somebody else at site B if I have no one to go manage site A, you know? So it's, it's, that transitions into one of my next questions. And I think this is super practical for a lot of people listening because everyone, you know, they all, they all debate what, what is, what makes a good employee, right? And, and I have the unique perspective of being, I was an employee not that long ago. I'm fortunate enough now to be a business owner. And so I've been on both sides. I know what it feels like to be an employee trying to guess what a, an employer wants. And I've been on the employer side, like hoping and praying my employees know what I want. You know, you're, you're a great example of what an employer wants for all the reasons I said earlier. I mean, you're forward thinking, you're passionate, you got a knower, you know, a learner's mindset. What, you know, in your perspective, you've worked for some real, um, I'll <laughs> say, interesting companies in your, you know, in your experience in the industry. And you've worked for some real interesting sites for us already so far <laughs> in two years. What, what do you think an employer wants? Or what do you think, on the opposite side, what do you think an employee wants? You've had a lot of employees working for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, to me, it's thoughtfulness. It's, I've always had a hard time putting a word to it. You know, it's, it's not just caring. I mean, you guys, guys that care to the world, but just do not get what's going on. And obviously, you know, you see that and you try to nurture that and get the best out of them. And sometimes it's just not there. Some people are in the wrong industry. But to me, it's thoughtfulness. Um, the crew had in New York, we used to talk about it all the time. If you're putting thought into what you're doing, the results are never going to be that bad. Yeah. And if you have a thought process that gets you there, we can work off that to train you. But if your answer is, I don't know all the time, like, that's the biggest thing I, that I've always struggled with people. Ask them why they did something. I don't know. Yeah. And so, to me, it's the opposite of that. You know, when my guys ask me why I had them do something, I want to be able to tell them why. I want to be thoughtful about that answer. But I expect the same thing back. Like, why did you do that? Tell me your thought process. And if as long as you're not an I don't know person, I I think you're on the right track. There's so many times I'll look over at Thomas, we'll be leaving a meeting or something, and I'll literally look at him and say, was that person just not thinking? <laughs> you know, and, and again, that's me tr trying not to be a, a jerk or a bad leader, boss, whatever. But, you know, a lot of times, and people make fun of me around the office now for the comment, you know, this is just not that hard. <laughs> you know, most, most of the things we're doing are just not complicated. This isn't, you know, it's, this is just, we're not brain surgeons or, you know, anything like that. This is not super hard. It's amazing how many people don't think day to day about what they're doing. Yeah. They, don't, they don't think about what they want to do in six months or a year, or 10 years, they don't think about what they're doing in the current activity and how it plays into, you know, what do the owners of the company want? You know, company, every company exists to make money, right? Unless you're a nonprofit, but you exist to serve some sort of, some sort of mission. You know, for me, when I got to the end of my days at my last gig in my family's company, I really treated everything like it was my own, right? I thought, okay, yep. well, there's a chance I'm going to 
I'm going to take over the company and it will be my own. So I better start acting like it's my own now. Not every employee is going to do that. And I fully understand that. But when you think through what you're doing as an employee with the owner's best interest in mind, things just start clicking for you, right? It's, it's what you said earlier. As soon as you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the other people it's affecting, and that's your target every day. That's what you're focused on. If you're focused on making someone else's life easier, I tell all of our clients, and it's kind of a cheesy, salesy thing to say, I'm like, we exist to make your life easier. If employees had that same mindset in their role, things are just going to happen. It's not going to happen in a week or a month. And I'm not sitting here high and mighty as the owner saying every employee needs to try to make my life easier. <laughs> I've been an employee. I know what makes an owner's life easier. Yep. Like when you think about sending reports and financial analysis and all these things that we never asked you to do, like your approach is how do I make the company more money? How do I make the owner see things that he's not seeing that maybe he should be seeing? Like yep. it's, it's a, it's just a winning recipe in my opinion. How many times have you come to me even in this week and said, Hey, would you like to know, Blank, 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 blank. And every time I'm like, yeah, I would love <laughs> to know that. And partly because I don't even know to ask that question, but also partly because I didn't even know we could ask that question, right? And there's, there's such a power and a richness in that mindset of, hey, would you like to know, right? Wouldn't it be great if your hoe operator came to you and said, would you like to know that every time I stick down, I'm getting a little bit of resistance or whatever, right? I mean, Absolutely. just all of those would you like to knows are such, there's just so much there that can be unpacked. And, and again, I come back to somehow you pick this up, <laughs> right? And so, and, and, and again, that's through your own experience. It's through somebody mentoring you. It's through whatever, but However you pick that up, I hope that everybody else picks that up. I don't, I don't know where, where it comes from. It's a curiosity, you know, like the stuff this week, it's just I'm pouring through data and it's like you go to find one thing and you find something else. And it's like, that's not useful. And then that's not useful. But well, I guess that could be. And then you start figuring out how to get there. And that's, you know, when I'd come to you and say, hey, do you want to know how many hours we spend a day on every site without producing? And yes, there's an, value in that. That's an important thing to know. <laughs> I think you have to have the mindset just like we're there to make the contractor's life easier. Like my job's to make the company, you know, run, you know, run better any way I can. Yeah. And you want to know when this, all the reports pay off. My job's been shut down for two weeks. Where am I at? I'm at yeah. the office working. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. rather than sitting at home, not getting a pay, well, actually three weeks now, but you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. so it, that stuff comes back around too. You it, know? it most certainly mm, comes back yes, around. And the person I was talking about earlier that walked off your job in California because he wasn't given the shot he thought he deserved, that's the opposite mindset that you have, right? You're, you're going to go above and beyond until you can't go above and beyond anymore. Like now you're here in the office as a field guy running projects. You're here in the office combing through data, helping us get better. Like to me, that is what an employer wants. Yep. They want people that are up for the task, whatever the task is, whatever the mission is, because the mission changes, right? Every day. The bigger the corporation, maybe the less the missions change, 
But small companies and medium-sized companies and what I would consider growth companies, the mission changes every day. Yeah. And I need something different or Thomas needs something different from someone today than we needed a week ago mm-hmm. or six months ago, you know? And so I don't know that I wanted to talk a little bit about what is important to an employer because I think there's a lot of people that are asking the question right now who are laid off or out of work, you know, COVID's got them at home or working from home and they're about to go insane. Like what's important to an employer, man, it's going above and beyond all the time, doing more than you're getting paid for and being humble enough to be flexible in what you do. And, and Matt said that in one word, thoughtfulness. Yeah. He literally answered, I was like, golly, I don't think I could think of a better word to encompass that. And it's, it's true. It's just, it's an underutilized thing, unfortunately. I'm sure the guys from New York are tired of hearing it too. It was like every day. <laughs> Can we be, be thoughtful, thoughtful today? <laughs> exactly. So I got a fun one and we got, we got Stenton, Zach Stenton listening on the line. He hasn't chimed in. What is it like when Zach Stenton, our marketing director, walks onto a site with all the cameras and the drones and <laughs> all the gear, the microphones and gets right up in your, what's it like? Cause you've, you've been on some of our pictures <laughs> from early on. There's like nine people standing on a bench, you know, watching the whole man dig. And I don't know how he didn't lose his mind, you know, nervous and all that. What's it like when Zach Stenton shows up with his camera? It becomes chaos. Yeah. Everybody wants their picture taken. And for some reason, every time he shows up, I'm doing unproductive things. I can't tell <laughs> I you how many comments or phone calls or text oh. messages I've received about trucks backing in. <laughs> He's like, wait a second. Stenton's out west, and I see trucks backing in. I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But it seems like it never works harmoniously. You know, Zach does a great job. Don't get me wrong. I think he's the most talented in the business. But it's wild how things fall apart when the camera's on. I take my I take pride in being someone that can schedule things. Every time I knew he was coming, it would get screwed up, and I'm like, "We're gonna be back in trucks. <laughs> we're digging a corner out. Oh, we're out of material up here. Let's go down the bottom against a high wall where we have to back trucks in." And it's just like, and the last thing um, you want is a Slack message from me yeah. saying, "Why are we back in trucks in?" Well, you aren't the only one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was gonna say he's getting plenty of Slack messages. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. It, it, I think it causes problems beyond um, just that because people, you know, and you, I'm sure you've heard rumblings. You hear a lot more field chatter than I do these days. But, and I talk about this on a, on a different podcast, people get their feelings hurt when they don't get the recognition that other people get. You know, you get, you get pictures of Matt McClellan or you get pictures of Cade Bosch in the hoe or well, whoever. Or Travis. Or, yeah, or, or Clayton. Clayton's one of those guys that I can pick on easily because there's so many pictures of his mullet and so many <laughs> videos of Clayton. I love Clayton knows I love him. He loves that camera, and the camera loves him. <laughs> the, camera, the camera is is very attracted to him. I think Stinton's attracted to him. But <laughs> there are people that get upset when they don't get recognition. And it's the yeah. dark side, what I, what I call the dark side of making your people the hero of the story the more people you have, you can't make every single one the hero, right? Like, and I'm sure you've dealt with that. Oh, absolutely. I heard it all the time. And it's like, you have to understand that at that point in time, I literally had half the people in the company working on that site. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to make a trip, you know, to get the most content possible, 
bang for the buck. Go where the people are. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. it wasn't like I was calling, beg- calling you, begging, hey, can Zach come out this week? I haven't had a headshot this month. You know, it wasn't that. Yeah. I try to shy away from him as much as I can. Colin's like, why are you here? Leaves. <laughs> you were here two, two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's a lot of people that, that don't want their picture taken that are, I wouldn't say they're camera shy, but Ryan Bailey is a great example. You know, he's someone that, you know, he's been there since the early days and him and I go way back. There's very few pictures of him. Yeah. You know, Stinton got a picture of him smiling one oh. time in late 2018. We have blown that picture yeah. up so it's, much. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's the only one. Yeah. yeah. I, it's crazy how many, how many tailgates I've seen slammed uh, when oh. Zach's there filming. I mean, I've seen Aaron Witt do a few of them, but I've yeah. also seen some of our best operators bang tailgates with guys, a hoe. Guys start hitting truck. It's spilling rock everywhere. It it's, turns into chaos. Yeah. You know, everybody's showing off, and it's just yeah. people are there getting nervous and start making mistakes. And So what's the difference between when Zach shows up versus when Keaton shows up on site? Keaton stopped telling us he was coming. <laughs> I know. So it was a surprise. We, yeah, which obviously yeah, you is got purposeful. Re, you got really hot one day when I showed up, and you didn't, <laughs> you didn't know. I don't know that it was hot. I, I don't. I mean, I think things looked fine. I don't. I, I was just surprised to see you. You've never surprised me before. <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing here? Just stopping in. But yeah. but I do think this like comment about nervous or showing off for like just kind of everything going to chaos is real. I mean. Obviously, we get it when a camera's on, but what about like when eyes are on? When Keaton shows up, or you start seeing even now, Patton. Now I've heard, oh, and Patton comes, like I can't get a site to run the way I want to because everybody's worried about what he's thinking. I didn't have that. It was everybody's wanting to know where Keaton's at so they can go meet him. <laughs> I have trucks parked at the twelve fifty pond in California, <laughs> calling me on the phone. Where are you guys at? We're at the office. You guys gonna come up and see everybody? It's like. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how much time he's got. It's uh it's funny, you know, people it's this is the wild part about Instagram. You know, you got you got twenty thousand, thirty thousand, fifty thousand followers, whatever. I don't know, Wit's got a hundred thousand plus. Oh, people think you're a celebrity. Dude, I'm just as normal as any of these people. <laughs> we had I'm, one of those a couple weeks ago. I'm more normal. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that job walk we went on and that guy's like yeah. walks up. He's like, that's Keaton Turner. I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and I think, um, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, start getting high on their own supply. You know, <laughs> oh. they think there's something that, um, you know, they're more than normal or they're more important or whatever, man. I, I told Thomas today, we talked about making a visit to all the sites. That'd be a vacation. At this point, like I would love to get to all of our sites across the country and take a few weeks just to go out there. And that would be a vacation. This is, I'm as normal as it gets, man. And Thomas, I can tell you is, is normal. You know, he's got a Harvard business degree, but he's super normal. Uh And it's, it's something that I pray. And I think I've got enough good people around me now. I don't want to ever lose that. As soon yeah. as I start thinking I'm something, you better yeah. slap me <laughs> or have somebody slap. I know Travis would slap me. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. McClellan, to McClellan would too. He's got he the background. Too. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're digging rocks out of the ground, putting them in trucks and hauling them to a spot and throwing them back on the ground. This is, man, there's, there's a lot more important people. But I think, especially today in the political climate and everything that's going on, there are some real heroes out there that don't have Instagram, that don't get the recognition yep. that, you know, 
Yeah. I'm not going to get into politics, but. Uh, no, it's true. And I, it's funny. So you mentioned the job walk that you went on with Keaton. I did a, uh, I did a call today with someone who had to reach out to me. They run a remediation company, like kind of like niche, very specific um, chemistry stuff, pH stuff, et cetera. But they do work in mining. And so he's like, hey, I'd love to hear more about how you guys work. I said, let's just, let's, we'll start this off. I get kicked in the balls every day just like you do. And he just starts dying on the phone. <laughs> I said, Keaton says that all the time, but I think we just need to level yeah. set here because I don't do anything, or we as a company don't do any of the stuff you guys do. I'd love if we could offer what you do. And he's like, I've never thought about that. I said, I mean, we aim to serve our clients, make their life easier. If they have some problem where they need specialty remediation services, I'd love to be able to say, hey, and we've got the folks for you. And he goes, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's this, you know, this whole notion that you get some followers or you have some hype and you're, you're some famous dude who makes ridiculous amounts of money and gets to go buy a Lamborghini. It's just so, <laughs> so crazy to me, man. It's Don't get into mining. <laughs> that's your yeah, goal. yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I think, I think that also brings up something interesting. So obviously the company has a brand and has things kind of associated with that brand. You um, started in an excavator, but you've obviously been able to make a name for yourself, right? By providing value, by being thoughtful. Um, you know, how do you go about that? I think it was just the consistency, like trying to do it all the time and always be that guy, especially after I went through my little thing there you know it was sure trying to be that guy all the time but I it's hard to say because I never set out for that I never was like oh I want Keaton to know my name and call me on my cell phone like it that wasn't the thing it's just I wanted to do the best I could and be a part of this like that's been the thing since day one like I wanted to be a part of it especially once I got here and figured out things were really the kind of the way they said they were and you know the values and the things that made me want to come here were things I could do I could I could make a guy that's never run an excavator a foreman if that's what I thought was right on one of my projects. And yep. we did that. Yep. You know, he was the right guy for the job at the time. You know, and then there's another kid, old Trey. You know, he's 23, oh. 24 years old running yep. our night shift. Yep. I, I was able to do that. I would try to do that kind of stuff my whole career and never could because that kid's too young. And I got it myself. You know, it was I was always too young for mm-hmm. everything. And so. You, you said something funny. You said, you know, we – and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but we basically, we are what we looked like online and we, you know, give young kids a shot. Um, and you've worked for other companies that were, you know, quote unquote family oriented and, you know, they end up not being, I've read some reviews or some com. I guess I'll say some comments, not reviews of people who are no longer here that don't say that, right. They, they, they say the opposite. They're like, ah, oh, you know, Turner's about this or that. And it's not, our values, and I get there's this whole disgruntled employee thing. We part ways, and, and you're upset about it. Why, in your perspective, because you know people that have left, good people, good operators, whatever, why are you saying we're one way, but they're saying we're not? Do you, I mean, it's not like I'm giving you special treatment, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I've always wondered that as an employer, like, what did we do with employee A to make them love us? 
an employee B to make them not love us? It's context. My context is different from a lot of people. You know, I work, <laughs> I won't say which one of them, but one of them, I mean, we got hotel rooms three nights a week. Yeah. That's the kind of company I work for. And you work six days a week. So figure that out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Maybe and, your bar and, is too low. <laughs> <laughs> and it may be, but no, it, it it's context. Like, yeah, it's still work and things aren't always going to go your way. But I think if you step back and look at the whole picture, like those things are there. You got to work for them. And, you know, typically I'd be willing to bet. I'm not, don't want to name anybody individually, but there's probably some entitlement that runs along there because they thought they deserved more Yeah, compared to what? Well, they see, they see, you know, the fancy pictures online, you know, they, they read the articles, they see Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever they're looking at. And they build this picture up in their mind, like, Oh, I'm going to get everything handed to me. And you look at the people that are in my opinion that have been, you know, here and gone and maybe don't have the best things to say. It's like, well, man, someone held you accountable. You weren't the best at what you were trying to do. We gave the opportunity to someone else and you took your ball and ran home and didn't want to play anymore. It's, I don't know. It goes back to that mindset thing, but I, I want to transition to client facing stuff because the one thing that I think you've done first was impress the heck out of Albert, which is, I don't know that anyone's really ever done that. So congratulations (laughs) for that. But then after that, you went out west and killed it for a client, and they basically wouldn't let us take you off the project. I mean, I think you know that. They, they were like, man, this guy's next level. He's killing it. He's amazing. They offered you the job. Like, they tried to steal you a few <laughs> yes. times. You know, oh, and thank goodness. God it was yes. in California, and you couldn't afford to live there. And so <laughs> I think that was a fabricated story, <laughs> if I remember correctly. <laughs> I, I, it's No, it's... Uh, well, there was one story that was fabricated. They, I don't know where that came from. But how, in your perspective, how do you kill it for the clients? Because even the client that we just had, right, the, the New York project, big project, five-year contract, turned into a six-year contract, affected by COVID, their volumes got cut, and you're out there just making it all happen, right? You make the client happy. You take care of business. You get production done way sooner than we thought we were. I mean, how, from a client's perspective, how do you keep delivering? And what what are the things that you're thinking about when you walk on site to make the client's life better or make them like you? Because I'm I'm actually curious. <laughs> I wish I could bottle that up and give it to everybody else. <laughs> I don't know. I just try to look at everything from their perspective. I mean, keep the, you know, I work for Turner Mining Group, so that has to be at the forefront. But at the end of the day, we're on their site working for them. And like you said, our job is to make their life easier. So you go to the client. What do you want? What what can I do while I'm here to make your job easier to where you don't have to focus on me? Let me take that. I'll Just tell me what you want. Tell me how you'd like it done, and I'll try to do it. And if that doesn't work, we'll find out that doesn't work, and then we'll change it. We'll do it a different way until we do. And if you take that mindset, it usually works out pretty good. You can't get too caught up in the – it's not an us-against-them thing. It's a partnership. It's We're working together on this project. We both want to get it done. We both want it to be successful. Our clients don't want us to lose money. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you added that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a fine, it's a, it's a super fine line, and you dance the line as good as anyone with providing so much value to the client, but still having Turner's best interest in mind. Yep. You know, because 
it's, it's go, go back to the employer and employee thing, right? It's like, well, work harder than you get paid for. I'm sure there are people listening like, okay, well, why don't you work harder for the clients than you get paid for? We do. It is, it, it is <laughs> no, no. a super fine line. And, and sometimes you have to dance on opposite sides of the line to say, man, I'm going to give the client more today, yeah. right? This, this particular client was affected by COVID because the mineral that we're mining goes into manufacturing, blah, blah, blah. We have to kind of take it on the chin a little bit for the client and just oh, yeah. make it happen. And there's a lot of things that changed. There, there are other times when, you know, you're on the other side of the coin and you say, hey, client, things are running well. We're doing well financially. Yep. And this is the price that you're paying us for the efficiency, the production, making your life easier. But it's, it can't be all one way or the other. Correct. It can't be all give and no take and all take and no give. You know, and I think from my perspective, seeing what you've done, especially in the last, you know, three, four, five months, I don't know how long COVID's been a thing, but with the challenges that you face, it's like, man, I know you're calling Ben and you're calling Thomas and you're like, how do we make this new path forward work for the client, both for Turner and for the client? And it's, it's a, it's not always easy. No. Well, I mean, you know, if you go in there and say, you go on one sided, you're just not going to come out in a positive manner because a plant manager gets paid on performance of the plant. And if you're going to tell them that you're going to make their, you know, you want to bill them more. Yeah. If you don't have anything to add to that, it's not going to go over well. So you just try to approach it from, you know, their perspective. What would they want? What could they get out of this? And then, you know, what can we get out of it and try to pair those? How much does personality play into it? Cause you were in, you were on a site in Northern California before you went to New York um, that, you know, there were some interesting personalities on the client side and you've seen and met a lot of different people with a lot of different personalities, you know, even before the Northern California site, there were some personality stuff. <laughs> like how, how do you, you know, how much of it is that, right? Just like uh, appealing to that person's personality type. You got to know your audience. Um it goes back to the being flexible thing. Like you've got to be the mature buttoned up guy that you need to be in certain situations. Uh, and then, you know, when you're up on the side of the hill and everything joking is fine, you get, you got to be that guy too. It's, yeah. it's a lot like a sales job and that, you know, you kind of, you play to the strengths of, you know, you play to your strengths and then also kind of what your client's expectations are. We have some clients that, you know, party all the time, have a good time, loud blaring music. And then, We've got some pretty dry ones that, you know, you, you're afraid to tell a joke around and yeah. you just, yes, sir, no, sir, we'll get that done, sir, have a great day, sir. And, yeah. and you just, you got to be able to be that guy yeah. that fits what the client needs. They're not looking to change their personality for you. Yeah. Right. Ben and I will go on a site visit and, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm 100% on your side. You got to know your audience and, man, we'll get some dry people and I get in the the vehicle, the rental car, whatever. And I'm like, man, Ben, that was rough, you know, cause I like to have a good time. I like to joke around and make this thing fun, but it's, it's true. You, you, um, personality is such a big part of getting on both sides, getting the client to do what you want and the client to getting you to do what they want. You know, it's, uh, I'm glad that you have the emotional IQ. What do they call that? EQ? EQ. EQ. Yep. You've got the EQ to differentiate on the really tough, dry clients because you've had them <laughs> and the ones that uh, have a little bit more fun. The, so I, I want to I pivot again. I'm, 
I'm interested. We have a lot of young folks who listen to the podcast, um, folks who either are in high school and are looking to get in the industry or um, maybe just graduated and are like, hey, how do I, how do I kind of get my foot in the door? But, but my question actually goes a different direction, which is a little more personal. You were an 18-year-old human being at one point in time. And I think you're, uh, we've talked a lot about how your experience has shaped how you think about things now. What from that experience do you wish you would have gotten earlier? So kind of the question is more around, if I'm an 18-year-old, what experience should I be looking to get sooner rather than later that will hopefully impact their trajectory it's the why you know i when i was younger i didn't ask any questions you know i was just like oh i'm a young kid i get told what to do go do it and i never knew why i never knew the why you know guys wouldn't show up to work so i got to drive a haul truck and hey go get loaded and go dump on the trash why am i doing that never asked and then you know go load yourself make sure the truck's full well why does the truck have to be full i never asked that question didn't care i was just doing what i was told and i was going through the motions and then you get you know, where you're 21, 22 years old, and it's like, why the hell are we doing all this? <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be one of the kids that you've yelled at over the last <laughs> year and a half, two years. Don't you hate getting asked why all the time? No. You don't? I don't. I would rather explain to you why and have you show me you care than the silence. As much as I, I enjoy that. science or science, <laughs> the silence of things, I would rather know that someone there cares enough to ask. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, you just kind of feel like you're talking. And then it's just like, what? Why am I even bothered telling these people why we're doing anything? They don't give a, you know, they yeah. don't give a crap. It's just in one ear out the other, they're here to get a paycheck. And every business needs those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, they fill spots. And sometimes it clicks while they're there, and then they can progress. But I would much rather know that people cared and, and were interested in it. And then you can build on that than you know, getting asked a couple less questions a day. I couldn't agree more. That's a that's a great <laughs> response. I, it's, it, I would I would say for me, sometimes I hate getting asked why because I expect a lot, and so I'm expecting you to know mm-hmm. why, and that's mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest flaws. Thomas knows that, um, but it's it's a great answer from you, especially being in the field, because a, you know a lot of the people that are listening or driving a haul truck or whatever, you know, you didn't get here by figuring out all on your own you asked a lot of why over the years i'm sure yeah you know why am i having to fix this well because you, you screwed it up <laughs> that's why uh, it's so been true. a lot of fun i um i got i got one more okay. that i think is an interesting one that w- could be a good one for us to kind of wrap towards so you have spent the past three weeks in the office I'm curious to get your reflection on what you thought was happening in the office before you were here and now kind of what you think about happens in the office. Because the other kind of interesting tension that exists in in any company is kind of like what's happening in the field and what's happening in the office. And obviously Keaton and myself are, are trying really hard to make sure every piece of that is moving in harmony but i'm curious kind of now you've gotten to see kind of what happens you know reflect on that well there's a lot more work 
Then uh, it's kind of like the post office. Do you yeah. know how the post office works? Oh gosh, I hate the post office. I don't. I don't, I don't go to the post office. So, just in my mind, you know, the mail shows up. You know, the yeah. reports come in. Yeah. If they don't, you know who to call. And I honestly, as long as I've been doing this, I've never been to an office of a mining company, so I had no idea what the, you know. I knew you were here. I knew you were here, but you know, probably I didn't thought know we were playing does. golf more than we were actually here. Fair. I would I would like to be playing <laughs> golf. Yeah, same. <laughs> but no, you know, like Atlan, I me and him have just been going back and forth for two weeks, just solid. Just, you know, every ten minutes one of us will have an idea to shoot the other one. I've talked to that guy twice in two years. Yeah. Until yeah. I got here. So I just I didn't have a real good picture, but it was more of a I didn't ask, didn't didn't ever think about it because that's just where the paperwork goes to die. Yeah. So. But we don't we don't capture it very well. I mean, that's one of the things that that Zach has said lately. You know, we want to capture more of what goes on at the office. To me, it's boring stuff. Like the fun stuff's out in the field. Fun stuff, seeing dirt and dust fly. We've had people say, "I can't believe you guys have a keg in the office." I don't think it's even been touched. You we, and I are drinking a beer, which I'm, it's I'll aged. say it's got to be and aged. It is definitely. I'm like, man, this beer's clearly been in that keg for a long time yeah it's, there's definitely less beer drinking here at the office than i, I yeah, expected you, well it's funny you see one or two videos you know you see travis on a foot race with tracy <laughs> uh, which probably. he won by the way we need to get that into this <laughs> season know, as well and 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 you see pictures of us you know playing cornhole and, and having a good time man that is like five percent probably not even five percent of what we do here we Take we, that ratio and apply it to Instagram for know, everything else. Oh, oh yeah. I know. It's I unbelievable. Know. We we actually said, so we're doing um, reviews with all of our functions kind of at the end of the second quarter, going into the third quarter. Um, we actually said we need to be more intentional about scheduling fun activities for folks in the office because we think what's happening in the field like RPMs are actually holding a higher bar than we are here in the office, which I love, by the way. But yeah, I see videos. Some stuff I, I see Instagram, and it's not even Instagram. I think it's I get Snapchats of Travis and the crew shirts off in the pool playing uh, volleyball, beers everywhere, and I'm thinking, man, these guys these guys are living it up. Why aren't Why aren't we living it up? You know. But it's I'm glad that you said what you said because. To me, the office does get a bad rap in any industry. It doesn't have to be mining. It can be any type of construction. Um, the any. office is always going to get the rap of these guys don't work. They, you know, they're pushing all the work down to the field. And we've even heard that some lately. You know, they're pushing all the work down to the field. And they got a keg and they play cornhole. And, and they, <laughs> ra- you know, Travis is on foot races with the CMO <laughs> out in front of the – like, man, it's just uh, – I don't know. It's it's fun to have you here. I wish we could have every single project manager here, and maybe that's something we should do. I've you know, for a few that. weeks, like yep. get everyone here for a few weeks, because. And I think you've probably noticed this. I I saw your post this morning. It was like five a.m. and you're out walking the trail. You know, it doesn't stop when we leave the office. <laughs> Just like it doesn't stop for the guys in the field. You know, yep. there's a problem at the hotel or apartments, or the client calls early in the morning, or equipment's down, or whatever. Man, it just it doesn't stop here. No, and you were in the Eastern Time Zone here. You yeah. got three more hours, you know, <laughs> yeah. before anything even starts to slow down because yeah. of stuff on the West Coast. Yeah, but no, I mean it. It has been eye opening to see the kind of work, and you know, there's things that I've thought needed to be done and never could understand why they didn't do them. And now I'm watching Alan trying to work through it, and at the pace he has to go to to accurately track this information, it's like 
Jesus. And that's one of the smartest dudes. I've met a lot of people, fortunately. That is one of the smartest dudes on the planet. Oh, I'm absolutely. Convinced. Him and yeah. Betzler. Betzler's our IT guy. You watch those guys do what they do. And I, trust like me. your brain hurt. I get frustrated. I'm like, Alan, what are we doing? Why is it taking so long to get this report done? He, dude, the guy is pulling data and information from so many different channels. It's it's wild. I mean, someday we'll get to the point where we want to be. You know, I I wish people had just packaged up this mining software, and we have mining software, right? We have some of the best yes, mining software. Do, yes, in the we game. do. We pay plenty of money for it. A lot, very <laughs> expensive stuff. But the stuff these guys are working on, man, it just takes time. Oh yeah, it takes smart people. You know. Oh man, this has been fun. Um, not only having you in the office. Um, getting your perspective and getting your story out there and, you know, letting people take a look inside your mindset. I think one of the things that you have going for you more than anybody, how old are you? 35. 35. We should have covered that earlier. You're 35. I, I consider you still a baby in the industry. I'm younger than you and I'm, I'm for sure a baby. To me, your mindset and what you've been through and what you're going, you know, what, what you're learning, what you're seeing, it's, I think the the biggest asset for you. Um, yeah, there's people that. that have not gone through what you've gone through, and they're they have this sense of entitlement. They have this sense of um, impatience, like is a huge thing. Like you're, one one of the qualities about you that I didn't talk about earlier is you're patient, right? Mm-hmm. You're like I, I know this project's going to end. I know you're going to send me somewhere else. I get I get the grind. Man, there's so many people that I know are listening that can learn from that. They probably don't want to hear it. They probably don't want to learn from that. But just like I said about Ben, I've got a picture of Ben, uh, who's our estimator, business development guy, picture of him in February. And I said, trust me, just keep watching this kid. Crazy talented. I feel the same way about you. I think in five years, uh, shoot, probably three years, but five (laughs) years for sure, seven, ten years, like it's going to be insane mm. assuming your mindset doesn't change i want to make sure it doesn't <laughs> it's going to be insane to see what you're doing so i appreciate, I, I appreciate the heck out of you yeah, you're one of my favorites i don't have favorites but you're one of my favorites yeah yeah no thanks matt really appreciate having you on oh, it's, been, uh, it's been a good one it's been fun all right guys thanks so much for tuning in <laughs>